0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We'll begin reading with verse number 11. It says, There was a man who had two sons, Jesus is speaking. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. The title of my message today is How to Get Closer to God. How to Get Closer to God. We find in this familiar story of the prodigal son uh, that he uh, was the son of a wealthy man along with his his, uh, brother. And he said, uh, Dad, I don't want to wait for you to pass away to get my inheritance. So give it all to me now. I want it now. So he received his inheritance and as the scripture uh, says, he wandered off, he squandered it and wasted it all till he was uh, feeding pigs in the pig pen and uh, going hungry and realizing just how he had blown it. You ever realize in life that you've blown it? Boy, that's that's an awful feeling, but it's uh, it's a universal feeling, isn't it? We blow it. We do our own thing. We wander off. And this young man had wandered, and in this uh, parable that Jesus told, the Father, of course, is uh, a representation of God, the Heavenly Father, and the young man is a representation of we who tend to wander off at times. The Bible says in Isaiah, we've all sinned and and all all we like sheep have gone astray. And we like to do our own thing sometimes, don't we? Even if we know the Lord and we've received the Lord, we kind of like to go our own way sometimes. We like to follow our own agenda and make our own path. And what happens is, and we didn't mean for it to happen, but we find that we find ourselves... Far away from God, so Pastor Tim, what do you mean by that? Isn't God everywhere? Yes, of course He is, but in our relationship with Him, we find that things have grown cool. Things have, and I don't mean cool in like a cool way, you know, but but they've cooled off. We're not white hot for God like we used to be and, and we're, we're, we're not maybe attending the house of God or reading the word of God or fellowshipping with God's people or, or, or doing the things that we once did and, and, and we're, we're not in, in prayer and on fire for God and we just feel far away from God. You can feel it. You can sense it. How many of you can feel when you're, you're, you're not walking close to God? So how do you get back? How do you get back closer to God? And that's what I want to answer in this message. What are the steps you must take to get closer to God? What are the steps when we feel far away from him, to get closer to God again, to get that relationship white hot with God, to be passionate about serving God. Remember how passionate you were when you first gave your life to Jesus? And then what happens? We drift, as I mentioned. So what are the steps we must take to get closer to God? The first thing is this, it's to get fed up with your situation, to get fed up. It says in verses 13, 14, and 17, he wasted it all. He had nothing left. He got desperate and hungry. And that last phrase in verse 17, he finally came to his senses. Sometimes we just need to get fed up with where we are. We need to get dissatisfied. I call it a holy dissatisfaction. We need to get fed up Uh, with our situation. We need to say, God, I am not where I once was. I am not where I need to be with you. And God, I want to get where I need to be with you. I am fed up with my situation. This is the first step, and it's a critical one. Because if we're never dissatisfied with where we are, we will never want to move to where we need to be. I'll say that again, if we're never dissatisfied with where we are, we will never have incentive to move to where we need to be. And let's be honest, if you can't be honest in the house of the Lord, where can you be honest, right? Let's be honest, too many Christians, too many people are very satisfied with where they are, you know? They they want a little bit of religion. They want a little bit of God. You know, we, 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 we treat sometimes our relationship with God like a vaccine. You know what a vaccine does? Gives you a little bit of the disease to protect you from the onslaught of the disease. So we get a little touch of God, we get a little Sunday morning dose, or we get a little Bit here and there, and we've gotten our spiritual vaccine. We're, we're, we're inoculated. We're, or, you know, that's enough. I don't want a spiritual vaccine this morning. I want a full-blown case of passion for God. How about you? Amen. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen in the message, says this. You'll find me when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. I love what someone once said. He said, God loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Let's not be satisfied with just a little vaccine, with just a little touch of God, with with just a little taste, just just a little bit of experience with him. You know, you've heard of foxhole religion? I'm in the foxhole, things are going on all around me. I'll call on God then. But until then, okay, God, I got it. I got it. Until next time. Oh, we need to get fed up with our situation. We need to be dissatisfied. Remember the story in the Bible with the woman with the issue of blood? She couldn't stop bleeding for years. She spent all she had on cures and nothing helped her. And what did she do? She made her way to Jesus through a crowd of people. She elbowed a few people. I imagine there were a few sore ribs and sore ankles, and sore feet, that she stepped on people's feet. Nothing would keep her from Jesus. And she got to where he was and found her deliverance because she was fed up with where she was. How about it this morning? Can we be honest enough to say, Lord, I'm not satisfied. I'm, like, like that song we sang, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not coming to you for blessing. Lord, I want you. I want more of you. I'm fed up with where I am. Get fed up with our situation. What's the second thing we need to do? We need to get fed up, and then secondly, we need to own up. Own up to your sin. Verses 17 and 18 says, When he came to his senses, he said, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Boy, that's hard to say, isn't it? We live in a a no-fault generation. We live in a no-fault day and age. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's my spouse's fault. It's my mama's fault. She dressed me funny when I was little, whatever. It's it's somebody else's fault. I love what King David said in the Psalms when he, the prophet Nathan confronted him with his sin. He said, I have sinned against you, God. Lord, I've sinned. Hallelujah. Boy, God responds to that kind of honesty. God responds to that kind of, 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 of uh, confession, opening up our hearts to him. You see, sin is the only thing that can separate us from God. Isaiah 59:2, your sins have separated you from God and have hidden his face from you. But I mentioned David in Psalm 51. Listen to this cry of his heart. Be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love. Because of your great mercy, wipe away my sins. Wash away all my evil. Make me clean from my sin. I recognize my faults. I am always conscious of my sins. I have sinned against you, only against you. Isaiah 118 in the New Living Translation, the Lord says, no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can remove it. I can make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. I'm thankful for what John said in his first epistle. He said, my little children, I write to you that you sin not, but if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. As I said last week, the, the Son of God is interceding at the right hand of the Father for you and me. And the Word of God says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Hallelujah. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. There's an app called Confession. There's an app for everything, right? For the iPhone, the iPad, and with it a Roman Catholic can confess their sins remotely. If you're not Roman Catholic you're out of luck I guess. Without visiting a confessional or a priest. A Roman Catholic bishop has approved its use. The app allows them, get this, to type their sins into a confessional box and receive instructions on how to make penance. Well, I don't know about the efficacy of a confession app, but I know this, uh, that when we voice our confession to Almighty God, when we own up to our sin and say, Lord, I've sinned, I've blown it, I can't blame anyone else, I can't lay this at the feet of anyone else, Lord, it's me, and I've done it, I'm guilty, I confess my sin, Lord, I know that the Lord does something supernatural, He forgives us of our sins. And no app, no person, no priest, nobody else can do that but Almighty God, and because of the blood of Jesus Christ, He forgives us of our sins and washes us clean. Hallelujah. Amen. I respectfully ask today, what is there that you need to confess? We used to say, when I was a kid, I used to hear this in church a lot, keep a short account before God. Right? You know, that's that's, a, that's a, a a bookkeeping term. You know? Keep your accounts short. In other words, keep your bills, keep your accounts payable up to date. Pay your bills and 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 why we can never pay for our sins, you, you get the, the uh, correlation here. It's keep things short before God. Confess our sin before God, and he'll forgive us of our sin. We need to own up to our sin. What's the third step we need to take to get closer to God? It's to offer up yourself. Get fed up, own up. Thirdly, offer up. Offer up yourself. I think it's significant to note the change in tone of this young man. In verse 12 here of chapter 15, he said, Give me my share. Right? I don't want to wait. Give it to me. And that is changed to what he says in verse 19 Make me a servant. What a change of heart. Give me everything I have coming to me. It's mine. I have a right to it. Change to make me a servant. In essence, he's saying, do what you want with me, Father. I don't deserve anything from you. Maybe let me be one of your servants. What a change in heart. And the Bible says that we should offer up ourselves. Familiar scripture, Romans 12:1. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. When's the last time you offered yourself to God? See, we're too busy following our own agenda. Our own five-year plan. Our own course for life. We need to be like this young man when he came to his senses. Offer up. And what what we're saying is, Lord, do what you want with me. Change me any way you want. Rearrange the furniture of my life. Move things around. Take me where you want me to go. Do in me what you want to do. I offer myself. Make me your servant. Make me your vessel. Can I tell you, church, that's what we were intended for? That's what we were created for? To bring him glory? To be his servants, to be his vessels, to be used of him? At the end of this life, I don't know how long I have to live. That's up to God. I know I'm a lot... I know I'm a lot closer than when I was when I first started pastoring this church, I'll tell you that. But I want to hear my Lord and Savior say, well done, good and faithful servant. Everything in this world screams against the notion of servanthood. Everything in this world says, you, you, you need to strive to be the one to be served. That's not the way of the Christian. That's not the way of the New Testament. It's, Lord, I'm your servant. Offer up yourself. In Yorkshire, England, during the 1800's, two sons were born to a family named Taylor. The older one set out to make a name for himself by entering parliament and gaining public prestige. But the younger son chose to give his life to Christ. He later recalled, well, uh, I remember as in an unreserved consecration, I put myself, my life, my friends, my all upon the altar. He said, I felt I was in the presence of God entering into a covenant with the Almighty. With that commitment, a man, young man named Hudson Taylor turned his face toward China and obscurity. As a result, he is known and honored on every continent as a faithful missionary and the founder of the China Inland Mission, now known as the Overseas Ministry Fellowship. This one who didn't seek to gain fame became well-known for his servant's heart. The other son, however, not much of a record. As a matter of fact, when you look in the encyclopedia to see... Uh, the listing for Hudson Taylor's brother, you'll find these words. The brother of Hudson Taylor. (laughs) Because he offered up himself. Doesn't promise that every one of us who offer up ourselves will become world famous. That's not the point. The point is God can do amazing things when we offer up ourselves to him. What's the fourth step to do? to to take to get closer to God. Lift up your praise. It says in verses 20 and 22, the father of the returned son says, we're going to celebrate with a feast of eating and drinking. He was lost, but now he's found. I love this. So let the party begin. Hallelujah. Did you know it's okay to party in God's house? It's okay to celebrate. Now, the world has a whole bunch of connotations to that word party, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about celebrating. I, I love what it says in the English Standard Version of Psalm 68, 4. Sing to God, sing praise to his name. Lift up a song to him, his name is the Lord. Psalm thirteen-six: I will sing to the Lord because he has been so good to me. A Swedish university studied the benefits of group singing. In studying a high school choir, they found that the respiratory rate of the singers slowed down when they sang, indicating a soothing effect. They also found that the heart rates of the singers became synchronized. When someone came to uh, him with a depression, a certain psychologist asked if they sang all the songs in church that week. If they said no, he told them to go and sing all the songs at church the next three weeks and then come back to see him. And the results were amazing. Uh, Someone has said, some singing has been compared to being in prison. The people are behind a few bars and can't find the right key. (laughs) Well, listen, singing is not the only way to praise the Lord, but I think you get the point this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to celebrate the goodness of God. We serve an awesome God. We serve a good God. Hallelujah. I can't imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't found Jesus at a young age. And frankly, I don't want to know because he's been that good to me. He's been far better to me than I, don't, than I deserve. I don't know about you today. I'm so thankful that he's treated me according to his mercy and grace rather than what I deserve from him. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. We serve a God worth celebrating. Hallelujah. That's why we come into his house with singing and praise. That's why we lift up our voices. That's why we give a good shout once in a while. Hallelujah. Because we serve a mighty God. We serve a God like that father in the parable who says, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far away you've strayed. Come into my house. Come into my house. We're going to celebrate. Hallelujah. We're going to celebrate because my son, my daughter has strayed away, but they've come home. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I think that's something we're celebrating today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I say to any of you who are here and any of you watching online today, if you find yourself in the way, listen, none of us are perfect, okay? We all have our ups and downs. We all fall short. But I think you know what I'm talking about today. If you find that you've strayed from God, oh, you love Him deep down, but, but you're not in fire for Him. You're not walking with a passion for Him, and you've strayed from Him. I say to you today, it's time to come home. Hallelujah. It's time to come home. You know it. Deep down in your heart, you know it's time to come home. Hallelujah. Pastor Jim, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. Your father is waiting with open arms says here in the parable that the father was looking for his son. Every day he was going out looking on the horizon for his son. And when he saw him, he didn't even wait for the son to get home. He ran to him. Amen. Did you know God is running toward you? Yes. It's time to come home. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. How do we get closer to God? We get fed up with our situation. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied where I am in God. We own up to our sin. God already knows about it because he knows all things. Why don't we just own up to it? Thirdly, we offer up ourselves. Lord, I'm your servant. Do with me what you will. I want to spend my life fulfilling your holy purpose for me. And fourthly, we lift up our praise. We celebrate. Hallelujah. Glory to God.